How long can one reject God? Here's Pastor Xavier Reese. God then asked them a question to the prophet, namely, will you be able to endure my judgment? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. These are scary words. Much like the words that Amos said, God did this, you didn't repent. God did this, you didn't repent. He says, now, prepare to meet your God. It wasn't for a hug. God couldn't take it anymore. God promised severe consequences. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Adultery has been renamed an affair. Abortion is called pro-choice. And disrespectful children are called free thinkers. In essence, sin has been removed from our vocabulary. Today, Pastor Xavier takes the time to warn us what happens to a nation that continues to reject the precepts of God. Let's join him for this timely lesson, The Terminal City, Jerusalem. The prophet Ezekiel continues faithfully to proclaim God's word that has been revealed to him to warn the people regarding sin and the coming judgment. Uh, Some people in reading and studying the book of Ezekiel at this point might say, isn't it enough? Isn't this guy repeating himself so much? Let's get on with it. He's talking about judgment, judgment. Yet all of the warnings of the judgment are warnings out of love. And each warning becomes more intense and closer to its fulfillment, as you know. Now, this is just like many who hear the warning about their sin and sinful lifestyle and their need to repent and to be saved, yet they keep ignoring the message, becoming harder and hard, blinder and eye, and deafer and ear. And see, it's easy for us to look at a book like Ezekiel, and we're looking from the outside in, and we're not sensing the, the, the uh, intensity, the urgency. We're not feeling the heat. We're just concerned that we're reading the same thing, but it's being hidden from different positions and different vantage points. Just you as a parent, you tell your son. You hit him from different vantage points, you get more intensified because you're warning them. Now, they roll their eyes back and think that it's boring, but you're dead serious. You understand? So we have to be careful about the books of prophecy when judgment comes, lest we become critics rather coming to the text to let us speak to me. Remember that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that he might turn and live, Ezekiel 18.32. This is the heart of God. Rather than getting bored um, with the repeated message, each of us should say, am I like this? Is this what I'm doing? That's what I'm supposed to do to Scripture, without exception. This is what the prophet Ezekiel deals with in this chapter. As God, once again, in view of the judgment of the city of Jerusalem, and he does it in three movements. He is the prosecuting attorney, like in Isaiah we saw, like we've seen him different times here. Let me read here the text. Uh, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son, now, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Yes, Show her all her abominations. Then say, Thus saith the Lord God, The city sheds blood in her own midst, that her time may come, and she makes idols within herself to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed, and you have defiled yourself with the idols which you have made. You have caused your day to draw near and have come to the end of your days. Therefore I have made you a reproach of the nations and a mockery to all countries. Those near and those far... 
from you will mock you as an infamous and full of tumult. Look, the princes of Israel, each one has used his power to shed blood in you. In you, they have made light of the fathers and mothers. In your midst, they have oppressed a stranger. In you, they have mistreated the fatherless and the widow. You have despised my holy things and profane my Sabbath. In you are men who slander to cause bloodshed. In you are those who eat on the mountains. In your midst, they commit lewdness. In you, men uncover their father's nakedness. In you, they violate women who are set apart from their impurities. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdness defiles the daughter-in-law. And another and you violates his sister, his father's daughter. In you, they take brides and shed blood. You take usury and increase. You have made profit from your neighbors by extortion and have forgotten me, saith the Lord God. Behold, therefore I beat my fist at the dishonest profit which you have made and at the bloodshed which you have in your midst. Your heart, can your heart endure or can your hand Remain strong in the days when I shall deal with you. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries, and remove the filthiness completely from you. You shall defile yourself in the sight of the nations when you shall know that I am the Lord. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel has become dross to me. They have all bronze, uh, tin, iron, lead. In the midst of the furnace, they have become dross from silver. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, because you have all become dross, therefore I will gather you in the midst of Jerusalem. As men gather silver, bronze, iron, lead, and tin into the midst of the furnace to blow fire on it, uh, to melt it, so I will gather you in my anger and in my fury. I will leave you and there melt you. Yes, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath, and you shall be melted in its midst. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall you be melted in the mist. Then you shall know that I am the Lord that has poured out my fury on you. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of the prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing their prey. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure, precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have violated my law, profaned my holy things, and have not distinguished between the holy and unholy, nor the things made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath so that I am profane among them. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood, destroy people, and to get dishonest gain. Her prophets plaster them with untempered mortars, seeing false visions and divining lies for them. Saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression, committed robberies, and mistreated the poor and the needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. So I saw for a man among them whom would uh, make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none, not one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have Recompense their deeds on their own heads, saith the Lord God. The prosecuting attorney, Ezekiel, gives us the proclaimed judgment through three movements. First, verse 1 through 16, the proclamation of the transgression of Jerusalem. Secondly, the illustration of the purification of Jerusalem in verse 17 through 22. And then thirdly, 
the application of the corruption of Jerusalem in verses 23 through 31. The proclamation of the transgression of Jerusalem comes first. God always warns, God always declares. He doesn't just act. Verse 1 and 2, the guilt of the city is declared. Notice in verse 1, the indignation against Judah continues focusing on Jerusalem once again. The word, moreover, connects what is to follow with what has preceded. The city of Jerusalem was the focus in chapter 16, very vividly, very detailed. We went through that. The content is still revelation of Yahweh. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. This is the authority of God. This is not the man. He's merely the messenger. Notice in verse 2, the identification Yahweh gives to the city of Jerusalem is that of a bloody city. Interesting phrase. The prophet is ordered to judge the city personifying it as a real person, as he did in chapter 16. She had failed in her representation of being the city of God. The same identity is given, by the way, to the city of Nineveh by the prophet Nahum, Nahum 3.1, the bloody city because of its murder, its violence. The task involves showing her all her abominations, The abomination of the city have already been revealed regarding her ungrateful, treacherous conduct towards God, who had loved her from the beginning, from her birth, and that she played a harlot with the pagans. Chapter 16 revealed that very, very vividly. These were the abominations, the idolatry, the foreign allegiance she had given to others. Notice in verse 3 and 5, the indication of guilt is said to be self-induced. Don't miss this. It is self-induced. This is important because we live in a society where it's everybody's fault except your own. No, it's your fault. Self-induced. You heard me emphasize in the reading, in you, in you, in you, in the midst. It's within us, not outside of us. Verse 3, the city had become violent and idolatrous. The prophet is stating the word of Yahweh. Then say, thus saith the Lord God, the authority of the prophet is vested authority. Once again, not his own. The city was shedding blood in her own midst. She had lost the understanding of the value of life. What a picture of today. Do you realize that we have killed more children in abortion than all the wars put together? And we continue to do so. Every day to kill more babies than were killed in the 9-11 since 1973. Our enemies did that to us. We do that to our own children. Wow. Notice the city was on course towards her punishment by God. That her time may come. This may sound a bit repetitive, but it reveals the continuous and consistent heart of God to give men and women all the necessary time for repentance. He is gracious. He is loving. He is patient. The city made idols within herself with the purpose of defiling herself. Notice the murder and idols go together. The people become like their gods. As Psalm 115, 4 through 7 says, Eyes they can't see, ears they can't hear, hands they can't handle, feet they can't walk. You become just like your God. Verse 4, the city would be made a reproach to the Gentiles. The guilt of the city is due to the evidence of blood and idols of her defilement. Notice in verse 4, And the city was responsible for her own coming judgment, having caused her days to draw near and the end of her years. 
She's brought it on herself. She's continuing this path without repenting. The city had been a taunt of shame and an object of ridicule to the nations in all countries around her by Yahweh himself. The city from near and far would scoff at the reputation of her evil, infamous, being full of tumult and destruction. Wow. All of this due to her high privilege of being one with God. Mockery there is in the intensified form. The indictment of the city then is unveiled in verse 6 through 12. In 6, the principal culprit were the leaders. Now he gets very specific. The word for princes of Israel refers to kings, leaders, captains, and so on and so forth. The charge is that they abused their own power to misuse their authority to shed blood unjustly in the city. It has been said that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's just a matter of time. Men can't handle power. Manasseh, Jehoiakim, Zedekiah, some of the ones that are mentioned by Jeremiah chapter 22 and other areas. The leaders did not honor family authority, verse 7, nor the weak in society. They made light, treating with contempt father and mother, breaking the fifth commandment. Exodus 20, verse 12, and you have Deuteronomy 5, 16, and many other portions of the law that demanded respect and honor of home, father and mother. They oppressed the stranger, fatherless and widow, breaking the sixth and eighth commandment of murder and stealing. The word oppressed there in verse 7 means they were cruel, unsympathetic, uncompassionate, using extortion for greed. Verse 8, the leaders looked down on the things of God. Ooh. They despised my holy things, meaning they held them in contempt and disdained the holy things and standards of God. Boy, our nation sure fits that pattern. They violate the Sabbath, the weekly and the seventh year rest for the land, Deuteronomy 12, 1 and 2, 16, 21 and 22. In fact, it's recorded in 2 Chronicles 36, 20 through 21 that that's one of the reasons why God put them in the land. Listen. It says, And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbaths to fulfill 70 years. They got greedy. They said, you know what? We don't have to let the land rest every day. Let's, let's, let's plow it. Make more money. Oh, God, doesn't matter. Ooh. Verse 9, the men were without conscience. They slandered, means they lied and false accused people to put them to death. They worship in mountains by sexual rights. Big churches. <laughs> they live life daily in lewdness and morally and evil, says verse 9. And then look at verse 10 and 11. The men were sexually corrupt without boundaries. Verse 10 on down, they uncovered their father's uh, wife's nakedness, having sex with their stepmother. That's incest. Uh, they forced women sexually at the time of their period. Uh, that was a no-no in the law, verse 10. 
Um, they would commit adultery with their neighbor's wife, verse 11. They would uh, perversely defile sexually their uh, daughter-in-law, the wife of their son. That's incest. Um, they would sexually violate their stepsister, the daughter of their father's daughter. That's incest. Incest was a big problem, and so it is in our day. What's the common denominator between Israel and us? We've rejected God. We've rejected an absolute standard. Do you realize in the mid-80s, the mid-80s, on Time Magazine, in front page coverage, the psychologists were saying that, that we should allow children at 12 years old to have sex because and parents should start schooling them that way and teaching them because it will prepare them for a better life? The professional psychologist. Verse 12, the men had become materialistic and greedy. They take bribes to shed blood, murder. They take usury and increase, taking advantage of people. They made profit in verse 12 there of their neighbors by extortion, theft. The end result, notice, to such lifestyle is clearly stated, and have forgotten me, saith the Lord. That's the reason for all of these things. Once you turn your back on God, once you deny there's a God, let me tell you, the brakes go out and you pick up speed. The key to all these indictments is the phrase, in you, appearing nine times between verse 7 through 12. And the other one, in your midst. In and in your midst, we can blame no one. We have to turn. It starts with the individual. Jerusalem has become a city of godless, callous, corrupt, immoral, and perverted people. Welcome to America. Look at verse 13 through 16. The sentence against the city is pronounced. God demonstrates his absolute hatred of their deeds by his physical gesture. The Lord has, uh, would strike his palm of his hands together to object in consternation of the evil. Angry, and rightly so. The two mentioned is dishonest gain and bloodshed in their midst. God then asked them a question through the prophet, namely, will you be able to endure my judgment? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Can your heart, referring to their intellect, emotion, and will, the whole man, stand the test? No. Or your hands remain strong so as to act as if nothing is wrong? No. The certainty is marked by the phrase, in the day when I shall deal with you, I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. These are scary words. Much like the words that Amos said, God did this, you didn't repent. God did this, you didn't repent. He says, now, prepare to meet your God. It wasn't for a hug. God promised severe consequences. Look at 15. He would punish them. I will scatter you among the nations, disperse you throughout the countries. He would purify them and remove your filthiness completely from you. And God would give her over to her profaneness. This was her own doing. You shall defile yourself in the sight of the nations. This would cause her to know that he was Lord. Knowing her privilege at one time versus her perversity of the present time, judgment would cause her to know Yahweh was in control of history. John Jay, 
the first chief justice of the Supreme Court said, quote, we must select Christians as leaders. And the Supreme Court said in 1892 that their decision must be based on godly principles. Those days are gone by. Interesting. The ones ultimately responsible for the order of the city are those who legislate the laws and execute the law, the police, the lawyers, the judges. They protect or destroy the life of the city. And God will hold them responsible. City leaders are the ones who ultimately permit, tolerate, and decriminalize the laws, bringing destruction from within the city. Satan's iniquity was found within him, Ezekiel 28, 15 says. City leaders allow so-called gentlemen's club. They're anything but gentlemen. Uh, all of these things allure young men and husbands to defile their conscience before their wives and to be disloyal to their wives. City leaders allow liberal agendas to strangle anything that has to do with God in fear of the ACLU and political correctness. City courts allow and have allowed no-fault divorce since the mid-'80s. It has overloaded our nation and created financial burdens on families, the workforce, medical insurances, and many other things. We have, for the first time in America, entire families on the street. This is America. Proverbs uh, 16.25 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. It really hasn't been taken that long. God will judge the leaders of nations and societies for their responsibility, as well as their accountability to rule in order to establish order for good. Second Peter 2, 13 and 14 says this, Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. Though many officials are not Christian, God has placed them there, and God will hold them responsible for their responsibility of how they govern. Here's the problem with a lot of you young people. You were born into a world with both feet in the darkness. I was born into a world that one foot was in light, the other one was in darkness. I lived in a society when there was moral rectitude, there was a standard, even though it's still a sinful world. Today, it's all darkness. From our homes to the job market, to the legal system, all vices are justified, tolerated, and declared to be diseases rather than self-inflicted lifestyles by choice. Even to the point where crimes are committed and they are defended because of their disease. Solomon, um, as he had thrown his life away, he's coming back to God in his old age. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says this. He says, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Consequences do deter crime. Capital punishment does deter crime, one for sure, real fast and permanently. If consequences didn't work, policemen wouldn't be giving tickets. 
you would not be warned about being late to work all the time, that perhaps you'll lose your job. The proclamation of the transgression of Jerusalem was intolerable. God couldn't take it anymore. Pastor Xavier Reese and the danger of walking away from God. Now, there's much more to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up a copy of this message, and the title to ask for is The Terminal City, Jerusalem. It's available on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. Now, once again, the title to ask for is The Terminal City, Jerusalem, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. What happens when we're no longer one nation under God? The consequences are coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 